Welcome to the Studio Break Podcast. I'm your host, David Linaway. For today's 23rd highlight episode, I'm happy to say we have artist Dadara on from Amsterdam to talk about his newest project, the Like For Real project, which you can find out about on Indiegogo. Again, there's all sorts of ways that you can fund it and get involved and get cool rewards, so please go ahead and check it out. There'll be a link in this post, so please go ahead and do that. But we talked about that, Exchange of Mission Bank, the Transfer Money Tree Project, and some of the other highlights from Burning Man, and the exhibitions that have been going on all throughout the world, including Germany, London, and all sorts of talks that Dadara's been giving. So please uh, enjoy this episode. And of course, if you haven't heard of Studio Break, we are a podcast and blog site out of the Chicagoland area. We feature a variety of different contemporary artists discussing their studio practice and processes, so you can easily access them through the archive feature, which is right on that left sidebar. You can go month by month, see images and links of all the artists on the website, and find all of their websites through it. So please go ahead and check all of those out. Once again, we are on iTunes, so you can go and search for Studio Break in the iTunes store and subscribe there or just use that link right on the blog post to listen. You can also like our Facebook page which provides some updates from some of the guests that we have coming up as well as exhibition announcements, opportunities, things like that. And of course if you'd like you can also follow us on Twitter at Studio Break so please say hello there or follow us. Alright, here's our interview with Tada. Stay tuned. Welcome to Studio Break. I'm happy to have Dadara on this morning. How are you doing? Good. It's uh, midday or it's almost 6 p.m. here. Time difference. Where are you currently at? I'm currently actually in my own studio. I got uh, It's in Amsterdam where I live, but recently I don't know exactly where I am because it seems like every week I'm uh, somewhere else. And I kind of compared it recently to being in a kind of rabbit hole where every week I'm in a different level. I wake up, see a new set of people, and they tell me, these are your friends for the week, this is your house, and then I get an envelope with the level which I have to complete. No, but I was last week in Birmingham. Uh, I was an artist in residence at a performance festival the week before in Glastonbury, where I went with my Exchange Vision Bank project. The week before at the Ural Festival in Terschelling, because I'm working on a new theater play. And the week before that, I was in Zurich talking about money. I guess maybe we could just start off with talking about the, this most recent project that you have, which is uh, Like For Real. So could you, could you just explain a little bit about you know, what you're interested in, in terms of, um, I guess, presenting and, and, and discussing with this project? Yeah, so it's a very new project. It actually started beginning of this year in my head. And there's always, uh, I guess it's that old-fashioned thing called inspiration that you wake up one day and suddenly there's this idea nagging in your head. And you already that moment know it's going to take up a few years of your life. And, um, well, it's a project that has that will start now with its first installment at the Burning Man Festival in Nevada. But then it will continue to keep growing and eventually next year it will also become a theater play and but most of all i'm excited about all the things that it will become which i still don't know and the project is called like for real so like like and then number four real and it deals with which is a bit embedded in the name um liking but in a real sense and we i think it's a very exciting period at the moment because we're going from this transition from an industrial age into a digital age and 
that we are in the midst of that transition and everything, all the way we network, the way our communities are built, the way basically we almost do everything is changing rapidly. And this project is focusing on how our, we can stay true to our core values, to our relationships as humans, as communities in the real world in the light of this totally evolving social network, uh, internet, everything. So how, how did you become interested in... in I guess working with others, or, or at least kind of envisioning these projects to kind of discuss these uh, these changes. Well, I'm very interested and have become increasingly interested in somehow the the field where reality meets art, or and it's not entirely clear where uh, the boundaries are or blurring those boundaries. Because my last project, which I did, and I'm actually am still working on, is two and a half years ago. I started my own bank as an artist. Seemed a pretty good idea back then because governments had no money for art, but like zillions to bail out banks. That so it started like this kind of project that dealt with the value of art, and but I increasingly became interested in money. And what I did was when I started the bank, I had this board of directors and got all kind of other people involved, but. These other people were not artists. They were either people coming from banking, the financial world, communication. And I felt like if I really wanted to have an impact with an art project that dealt with issues in society, it also had to become part of society and not just... uh, I think art can be just beautiful for art's sake, but if... And I make a lot of art which deals with issues of society. And then I feel you should just not say, like, look, here's a mirror and... uh, I show you what's wrong and then I'm out of here, but try to kind of also make it real and try to have an impact. And the very, for me, interesting, what's very interesting about this banking project is that now it reached the level where I'm actually working together with real banks. And like at birthday parties, for me, it was this kind of joke two years ago, somebody would come to me and ask me, uh, what do you do? Which I think is a a really lame question because people, they never want to know what you do for the world, but just what you, what you do for money. And then I would tell them, look, I'm a bank director. And they would just look at me like the guy is obviously a nutcase. <laughs> but now when I say I'm a bank director, I don't know if it's, it might be as true or as not true as saying I'm an artist. So it's, it, it, it's working with community. And what I also noticed, uh, coming back to your question is that, uh, and I've, I feel it's a time where that is increasingly happening and has more possibilities for it that in, I mean, the past century, it was always this thing like the artist had an idea and it was sacred and nobody was allowed to touch it. But now I feel it's very interesting that you as an artist, you set the boundaries, you create an idea, uh, kind of scaffolding, but other people can also add their ideas to it and become involved. And by becoming involved, actually changing the way how it will become so the the whole artwork is also um, a work in progress or the the whole journey is becoming the artwork. Well, and and what was that transition like in terms of becoming a, a, you know, like a a bank director in terms of how, how it's changed in those last two years? Is, is there a level that it's developed into now where it's really taken as really examines how we kind of attribute money um, to certain things of value, especially art, as you kind of described, you know, maybe not seen as the same kind of value, you know, especially when you have something like the world economy. Is it something that has changed now where, you know, people see it as different in terms of the way that you can actually impact these things? Is it different for you? 
Yeah, what I uh, what really uh, changed me a lot with this project that until when I did this, it was kind of it was not necessarily about money. It was more that I was a bit upset that I noticed that people don't value art and they only write about art uh, when art makes a lot of money. When there's a Picasso being sold for hundred million or a Cezanne for two hundred fifty million, and I did not understand the value of it because what's the fact that that's being sold nowadays for hundred million? What's uh, what's the cultural impact? What's the impact on ideas, on art? I didn't feel that value, but I realized that for other people, that made art valuable. And then, but then it became me. Then suddenly, I became interested in money, something that I never interested me, as I think a lot of artists are not really interested in money, just in creating stuff. And by becoming interested in money, I realized that most people are not interested in money, and that. That is a reason why money has become what it became because the people that are actually shaping and designing money are really interesting in just hoarding money and becoming more rich and not using it anymore just as a means of exchange. And uh, there are a lot of, uh, I mean, I could talk for hours about money. I give a lot of talks and I feel there's a lot of flaws in the current monetary system, the way it's designed. But changing the system is really difficult and I hope to by working with banks and talking to a lot of people to change and doing this project to change it a little bit but what I feel is a much easier change and when we also look at the social media project and networking and likes and I feel nowadays it's the perfect time to do it is change it by just changing the way we use money and look at money ourselves and I feel now people they have so much power because of social networks and because of internet that a lot of changes they can occur almost overnight, uh, as they say, bottom-up, not top-down, just because it's grassroots, because it's the community, it's people looking at money in a different way. And what I really feel is that money should, people should look at money not uh, for, as this means of just collecting more money and hoarding and becoming rich and uh, a status symbol, but a way to exchange energy with other people that we really like, doing things we love, and just only use money with those people and just see it as a means of exchange, like give them money so they can keep continuing what they need to do and what you feel that they should do, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, th- I think it does. And I, I think it's interesting, too, the way that those ideas of um, of money kind of translate into that way that we're commodifying the idea of liking something. And I think that that's one of the things that's really great about the way that you're presenting the Like for Real project is, you know, that, that question of how we... Uh, interact with with the idea of liking something and and you brought that up earlier the way that it's all a bit more removed a bit more digital in terms of this 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 newest uh, incarnation could you talk a little bit about i guess um maybe what you're planning on on doing and seeing how that might fit into that picture of the way that it, it can affect other people and maybe kind of elevate the way they're thinking about interaction and how that can actually change to be something much more positive you know, there's all sorts of news going on with uh, how, how we store information. So what do you see in terms of being able to impact that with, with the Like For Real project? No, I think it's making people just aware because obviously I, I talked before about the way how we can nowadays form grassroots movements and communities. And we could do that before, but actually Internet and social networks are great because they give us a lot of tools to, I mean, even Skyping with you. Uh, like a few years ago, this all would be much more difficult. It would be much more difficult. It was much more difficult doing a project at Burning Man 12 years ago than now. 
So it's not it's not about anti being anti Facebook or anti internet or it's and it doesn't even make sense to be anti because it's gonna it's it's coming and it's gonna be there. But realizing how we can incorporate it into the framework of our lives and also seeing where it does have value, but also where it doesn't have value, and realizing that a lot of the reason why we're being told that we have to use it, that we have to be on Facebook, that we have to give all our information is just purely financial because advertisers wanted to target better project products or that are suited to our needs. But I mean, it's, uh, it's kind of also realizing that if a lot of people like what you do, I mean, people have always liked what other people did, but it's not just a click of a button. That click of a button is an extra tool but it's just, I mean, in a way, it has almost no value if you compare it to somebody coming to you and giving you a hug or writing you a long letter to tell you how much they like what you do or funding your projects as a way to tell you that they like what you do. All these other things are, in a way, real likes. And I've also been thinking it, it might be really interesting, for instance, as an experiment to see if the like on Facebook there would be an extra kind of like, which would be the gold-like or platinum-like. And you could actually buy that one. So you would pay $100 and then get like 1,000 platinum likes. And then you could give those likes to actually projects that you really, really like, not just uh, press like because, uh, I mean, you're bored or you're just uh, waiting for someone and behind your iPhone. And then every time you would do that, that project would get 10 cents. It might actually be a really something interesting for Facebook because they could, I mean, it could be a way for them to even make money, but in a, it would be something very positive because it would enable, like money being a means of exchange, what I'm working on, and that people can use it to do things together. In that way, likes could also form real communities because they would form bonds because it would be a real support. But now if you give a like, I mean, you can give 1,000 likes and you'll still have the exact same amount of likes as you had before. Well, and I think what you're talking about too is is kind of, I don't know, something something that is uh, I think can be kind of troubling in terms of technology or, or or ways that we are you know inevitably kind of changing. But you know, the, trying to bring in that that humanistic kind of aspect to life that we've kind of lost. You know what? You know, all these technologies are supposed to be making life extremely convenient, but do they necessarily contribute to that happiness? And so, it's, is is there a level of you're wanting to to have people have have that experience more than this this removed kind of detached experience. I think in a way they can work together because I noticed like when I really good friends of mine with whom I, for instance, go on adventures where we do these projects in the desert or other cities, and with them I feel Facebook and networks do actually have an added value. It's just like being able to call someone who you didn't see. In a while, when you have a real relationship and you had a lot of real-life experiences, it's actually great to be able to share them in other ways as well. But what happens, and I'm especially looking a new generation that might grow up and doesn't even know the time where there, I mean, there were there was no internet, there was no Facebook. I mean, will maybe some of them end up having relationships with people that they don't even know in real life and see those as the real relationships? And then instead of adding value to a real relationship, suddenly it's devaluating that whole idea of a relationship because you don't, I mean, your digital information now, information is, I mean, some people say it's the new gold. There's like uh, with Snowden and, and uh, Assange and lot, I mean, it's almost like wars are being waged over information. 
but it's only digital information. And when actually you meet someone or you're real friends with someone or you have a love relationship with someone, there is so much more than just that digital information. You cannot say like that guy is my friend because he has like 800 other friends and he gets like three likes every day and I like his dog. And I mean, you like someone because you just see someone and you instantly, I mean, mostly when you meet someone, you know, it's in two seconds that they're going to be your friend. Right. And that information for me is real information and so much more valuable than uh, just digital bits of information. But I'm afraid that if we, that we as humans have instincts, uh, we, we know those we know that that's real, but when we are not training it anymore or only relying on uh, computers and on uh, on our iPhones, then maybe we might lose actually that ability to just instantly connect with people. Well, and tell us a little bit about you know what you have uh, planned for for Burning Man in terms of I, I believe there's kind of like an altar piece for for liking, um, but could you kind of delve into what's going on there and your experience with Burning Man for those that. I've never been there. I've always heard about it, seen documentation of it, but haven't really experienced it. Well, there's uh, there's a few levels in this uh, project. There is one. So I was a bank director. I still am, but now I will become a kind of like guru. So we're starting our own like tribe. Uh, and a like tribe will have special outfits because obviously there is this whole theoretical background and ideas. And I do write texts. I like writing texts and manifestos. But I'm also a visual artist, so I designed the uh, fabric for our costumes. Um, and what we do um, is we say that like for real is your spiritual path towards enlightenment. And we try to open people's like chakras. It's like playing a bit with people, but trying by being playful to make them realize what their real feelings are. And the installation, which so the like tribe after Burning Man will also continue. And at Burning Man, it will be a big installation where it's a kind of altar and there will be a big golden uh, open like symbol on top. And that the like tribe will worship the like and will, but also like when people visit the like, we will do like meditations with them, connect with them and try to make them realize that uh, it'll be very much a project which is about feelings and emotions. Like with the money project, we travel around and we also have really cool costumes, which are they're painter overalls, and then they gradually fade into a pinstripe banker suit. But there we we talk a lot with people, uh, ask them what they do with money, how they feel about money. But this one will be much more – it will be more visual theater. It will be more connecting. And then eventually, after a week, we will set the like on fire, and it will be – a way of giving like back to taking it from its virtual realm and giving it back to its real world, um, to the real world. And then um, after that, the project will continue and eventually become a theater play. But we also, for instance, now we made a, a like for real website. And when you enter the website, you get the choice between taking the blue like or the red like. The blue like, you wake in your own bed. Nothing changes. You can like whatever you like. Or you take the red like, you go... You stay in like Wonderland and we show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. And also the website, when you take the red like, and obviously that's what we want, that you'll play with us, then you'll see that you'll start doing, you'll leave traces on the internet, you'll, you'll do things that maybe you're not aware of. Uh, and this is just a game and it's playful, but I also hope that it will make people realize when they are on the internet that actually everything they do is somehow being monitored or 
that actually it is leaving traces behind. And it's very interesting. So after reading a lot about money and totally diving into that whole subject, now I'm looking at internet and how it uh, uh, changes our lives. And for instance, there is this idea that in the past you could always kind of get a new life if, say, for instance, you were an alcoholic, you would go to anonymous alcoholics, kick the habit, you could move to a new town and just start a new life all over or your relationship would break up and you could move somewhere else and just start new again, which may, not everybody will do, but is an exciting possibility to be able to do that. But now, because of Facebook and Internet and Google, you're, if you move somewhere, people can just look up, hey, who is that guy? And within one second, they'll see you cannot change yourself anymore. You're the kind of your image is fixed forever and everything you've done from the age of 15 or maybe it will be from the age of when you were born till when you die is just there for grabs instantly. It's one of the very interesting aspects of us going into this digital age. Well, and, and people have brought up that, you know, maybe it'll also create a level of transparency. Yeah, I, I don't know, because if you see with WikiLeaks and all these things, what people are trying to hide in a way, everything will might be transparent, but... Uh, but it's also for normal people. The government now expects everything of you to be transparent and that it's normal to tape all your phone conversations and check all your email. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know how transparent. Uh, but it's, in a, in a way, what I really like about Internet, that there is this thing when you kind of try to lie. You, people nowadays, it's very difficult to lie because you instantly... And it's the same with... Uh, a clothing brand, like they will make something and then this uh, factory in Bangladesh collapses and there are 1,100 people dead or there's people working in factories in very bad conditions. Somebody will go there, film it, put it online, and instantly 500,000 people will see it. And I'm sure the company, it's not because they're ethical that they really want to change it, but they know that if they don't do it, the power of the consumer of the normal person has become much bigger. They're not just three people controlling the media. I think it was even with the start of the Occupy movement that in the beginning the big news channels didn't want to broadcast it. And then uh, I read a lot on the internet that they were really upset. But then they just posted online, look, there are 100,000 people here. And then uh, online, in a way, also has become the new news. But it, it's also difficult. It's something which is great that actually you can go outside of regular channels. But it also means that when you see something, you don't know where it's coming from. So you have to as a news reader or when you are checking the internet you have to realize i think you need a new set of tools to be able to understand what you're seeing and understanding what is real what is less real what actually is something that's uh, and and also it's the there's this word called filter bubble which means that you actually just get google just decides to show you or facebook not they're not showing you everything when you google something no they're showing you the information which they feel is exactly the information that you want to see which kind of i think keeps people contained in, in terms of what they're exposed to obviously yeah yeah i, re I really really don't like that because uh, i really love the fact that because of my money project for instance i came into contact with bank directors i work a lot with companies now and it's just this whole new world and i i learn a lot i learn a lot by being all the time exposed to people who maybe don't like what I say, who don't agree with what I say. So I'm learning a lot, learning to rephrase what I'm thinking or sometimes realizing that what I thought 
was maybe not totally right because I just did not know the other side. But I also realized that it will become increasingly difficult for people online to get this other kind of information because, and now this is just the beginning that they're looking at with the algorithms, what, who is Dadara, who is David Linaway, and what does he want to see? Uh, but in the future, it will become more and more refined. And I'm a bit worried that if you are, like, for instance, left-wing, that you and you look up other information, you'll only get left-wing information. And if you're right-wing, you only get right-wing information. Or if you're, whatever idea you have, all the information that you get will just enforce your idea. So instead of bringing us together, it will just drive uh, uh, drive us more apart. Right. Do you want to uh, just share with us just, uh, again, some of those uh, information in terms of the things that are coming up so that uh, our listeners can go and, and check out Like For Real and check out the app? Yeah, so uh, the first real life uh, happening will be at Burning Man. And then, uh, which I think is a very interesting phenomenon, we have a crowdfunding uh, page because obviously likes alone will not make this project happen. And we need money as well. So it's on Indiegogo.com. And if you type like and then the number four and real, uh, you should be able to find it. And then obviously there's a Facebook page. And just with the money project, there's a Facebook page as well because I feel it's a very – the money project Exchange Mission Bank is very popular. So it's also a way that this art project can act as a kind of portal for all these things happening in the world of alternative currencies, art and money. So that's like facebook.com slash art as money. And this one for like is real is facebook.com slash like for real. And there's, it, it's not, I mean, a lot of, there's a lot of stuff about the project, but there's also stuff about people who write about the impact of Facebook on our lives, stand up comedians doing stuff with Facebook and just trying to give, just make people think about how it's affecting our lives. And I think especially how they should incorporate it into their life. Excellent. Well, thanks again for uh, taking the time to speak with me today. Okay, cool. My pleasure. Thanks again to Dadara for joining us, and please go to Dadara.com. Check out all of the great content there, including all of the work that is archived. You can go through all the blogs, all of the different projects, including the Exchange Ambition Bank, all the projects at Burning Man, but especially Like For Real. Please go to the Indiegogo website and back this project. It's really cool, and you can do it in so many different ways, just from small monetary contributions. You can get um, original artworks, handmade money, t-shirts, and all sorts of things. So if you like supporting the arts and want to support this great artist, please go ahead and do that. I also invite you to check out my website, DaveLinaway.com. There's a variety of work there, but you can also look at my Kickstarter called Remembering Place, which is an exhibition involving um, your places, places that get turned into original artworks by sharing your photos. That's the easiest way to contribute towards it, and there's a variety of different ways to back it, so you can get those made into original artworks as rewards. You can get a catalog, a DVD, a print, so please go ahead and check that out. Of course, if you've never heard of Studio Break, please check out all of our podcasts again you can do that through the archive feature each of them have slideshows and links to their websites please go ahead and check out our facebook page studio break if you do like it one of the best things that you can do is let your friends know about it if they've never heard of it so please share it with your friends 
You can follow us on Twitter at Studio Break, and of course, you can subscribe in the iTunes Store. Search for Studio Break under Podcasts, or use that link. Once again, any comments are greatly appreciated, as it just generally helps our visibility in iTunes for anybody that listens to podcasts like Bad at Sports, Art Twenty One, the Mark Maron Podcast, whatever. Please go ahead and leave us comments, though it's greatly appreciated if you like it. All right, hope you enjoyed the episode. That's all that we have for today, and we'll talk to you real soon.